So it was an older woman named Sophie who was the grandmother's cousin. And she said that when they were in Spain. Her grandmother. Her grandmother. Hello and welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Will and I'm here all alone because I'm here to present a very special Guide to the Unknown revival of a topic that we've already covered on the feed way back from Guide to the Unknown episode 25 titled Scary Head Monsters and the Dybbuk Box. This is the Dybbuk Box. Uh, Kristen and I may be reopening this case later in the week, and we thought that it might be great to take a look back at the original story as we presented it. So I'm not going to sit here and ramble for too long. Check out this ancient episode of Guide to the Unknown and come back on Friday to hear our updates as we crack the case back open. Hopefully not literally. We're trying not to get cursed here, folks. Have a good time. All right. So I told you guys last week what I was going to do. I'm going to talk to you about the Dybbuk box. The Dybbuk box. The Dybbuk box. So this is one of the most well-known haunted items sold on eBay. Um, And it's thought that it kind of not kicked off the jam, but definitely seems like it was one of the most publicized. And then maybe more items got added on to it afterward. Okay. So, um, okay. So the thing with the Dybbuk box story is that, Part of what's so interesting about it, but that what I'm going to paraphrase and read select quotes from, is that the original eBay listing, just like some of the eBay list eBay listings that I told you guys about last week or or read last week, is long and super detailed, which is really cool, but it's really long. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is that when if you look it up now, because you can find like the what a mirrored or cached version of the eBay post, so. As I'll tell you, one person put it up, somebody bought it from them, and then that person decided to resell it on eBay as well. Okay. And when they decided to resell it, they copied and pasted the original posting that caused them to buy it and then added update at the bottom. Here's what happened to me now. Awesome. Buy this. Awesome. It's really interesting. And then somebody bought that, and I have a little bit of their story. They didn't put it up on eBay, but um, okay, I know so a little bit. it seems like it's landed with this third person. Well, William, it's landed oh. with a fourth person. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Zach, Zach Bagans. <laughs> they, call him, they call him Zach Bagans. Zach Bagans. He resides in his haunted museum. That's... I knew that before you said it. Yeah. But I forgot I knew it. Right. It's disappointing to me. I know. I feel like this is an artifact, not knowing what it does, what it is. His museum sounds weird as hell. I can't remember exactly, so don't like hold me to it, but when I was re- when I was reading about this, it was talking about the other items in the museum and it's like Michael Jackson's propofol drip. Ooh. Or something like that. Definitely propofol something, Michael Jackson's. And like Dr. Kevorkian's, um, what, what was it? Like his van or something like that? I was like, what kind of haunted? It sounds like he just bought like items that have creepy stuff attached to them. Just like sad history. It seems like kind of like, I was like, this seems not, not classy. Yeah, like yeah. a museum with Michael Jackson's. It's maybe maybe it's the propofol drip, maybe it's something else. But I remember I was like, "Ew, what kind of museum?" That like it didn't seem like it had a whole lot of yeah. credence because of the weird 
mishmash of objects it sounds like it has in it. It doesn't seem like a very serious paranormal museum. It doesn't sound fun and scary. Those things make me sad. Yeah. yeah. And um, the Dybbuk box is in a room by itself. The guy knows his razzle-dazzle. It's in a room by itself. You have to be 18 or older to go into the room and you have to sign a waiver. And he opening the box is part of its thing, which I'll go into, and he has not opened the box because he's scared. Of course. Of course he is. Although, I mean, honestly, it's of all his weirdnesses, I think that that's probably not a bad idea. Just keep the Dybbuk box closed, I'm Zach Beagans. I'm scared of everything, so I won't open the Dybbuk box. I forgot that's what his voice is like. I'm petrified. <laughs> I'm scared. Okay. I wish I didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll start by telling you that what Dybbuk means in Jewish mythology, it's a Yiddish word that means it's a... A Dybbuk is a malicious, possessing spirit believed to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. Mm. So it's a it's a distinction, but it's not a demon. Okay. It's just it's a soul of a dead person. Kind of like a ghost. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but it seems demonic, but that's not what a, a Dybbuk is. Um, and it leaves after what it's possessing has accomplished its goal, sometimes after being helped to achieve that goal by a person or something. Um, so so here's – okay. So I read about the Dybbuk box when I was researching for eBay last week. Yeah. And then when I was doing more research this week to put this together, I found an episode of one of my favorite ghost shows genuinely, like not even you know campy-wise like Zach Bagan stuff, which I enjoy, but like kind of ironically. I think I've – I think we've watched it together. It's called Paranormal Witness. It's on sci-fi. Maybe. And it's genuinely scary. Like I've watched episodes before and then like wished Ryan was home. It's it just it's really good. Like it's um recreate re- recreations and things like that, reenactments, but not cheesy at all. It's yeah. really well done. And they're interspersed with the person who it happened to telling their story in talking head format. And it's just it's really good. It's huh. a really good show. So I saw that there was an episode about the Dybbuk box of Paranormal Witness, and luckily it was available online on like Daily Motion. So if you Googled Dybbuk Box Paranormal, Wit- Paranormal Witness, it would come up if you wanted to, um, or maybe it's on demand or something like that. I seriously love Paranormal Witness. It's worth seeking out. But so I watched the episode. So I was originally just going to work off of the eBay listing because I think it's so cool. It's so weirdly kind of complete in itself. Yeah. But now I have a little bit of a different perspective, and I'm glad that I do because it's the people who this happened to all participated in Paranormal awesome. Witness. It's really sweet. Awesome. So I have the listing, and I'm going to kind of use it to guide me because it's a very long story, but I'll sort of interject the things that I saw from the show. Wow. So first of all, the e- the original eBay listing from the first seller of it, it's a guy named Kevin. Um, the listing starts with, all of the events that I'm about to set forth in this listing are accurate and may be verified by the winning bidder with the copies of hospital records and sworn affidavits that I'm including as part of the sale of this cabinet. So, like, dead serious. Wow. He's got the receipts, yeah. as they say. So this happened in 2001 in Portland. And um, this guy was an um, antiques refin- refinisher and seller. And he would go to estate sales and buy stuff. So he was bidding on a pallet of items from this estate sale. So it was a bunch of different things. And within that pallet was this thing that he learned was called the Dybbuk box. So the Dybbuk box is a wine cabinet. Um, and somebody, one of the family members of the deceased, it was an older woman who died and they were divvying up the things in her house, came up to him. (laughs) Yes. She came up to him and she was like, oh, you got the Dybbuk box. And he was like, 
Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, the Dybbuk box shows you. <laughs> well, also, this guy is Jewish. And so he said he knew what a Dybbuk was. Like, he said okay. that when he was growing up, it'd be, a thing. It'd be like, don't be bad. A Dybbuk's going to come and get you. Cool. So he knew what that was. And he was like, the Dybbuk box. And the one was like, yeah, my grandmother always called it the Dybbuk box. And so... um the granddaughter told her that her grandmother, mother, who was the one who passed away, had been in Poland and grew up there and then um, like raised a family, everything. And then during World War II, she was sent to a Nazi concentration camp. Then she escaped with a bunch of people and ended up in Spain, which is where she bought this wine cabinet, which was later called the Dybbuk Box. And so it was from there. And she told her granddaughter that she want she told her granddaughter number one never to open this box and also that she wanted to be buried with it when she died wow and the guy was like oh well yeah. i don't want to take it then like you you know you can keep it or whatever and she was like no no and he was like well, you don't even have to give me a refund you can just keep it it just seems like the right thing to do and she was like no you bought it and he was like okay <laughs> why would she not bury it with like i don't understand because bad things probably happened with it and she wanted to get it out of the house or something like that but presumably like if that's your wishes yeah i don't know who knows i don't know um Kristen, i want to be buried with my nintendo switch you got it unless it causes me trouble and then it's out of here damn it because <laughs> what if i'm cleaning up your house and stuff and this thing is causing up all kinds of mess and i'm like look i just need this thing out of my life i don't even want it buried with william because i'm gonna go visit him and it's gonna be like sending its vibes up to me i don't want it well i did start the legend of zelda breath of the wild on master mode and it has been causing me some mess <laughs> so i can understand why you would say that <laughs> um so yeah so he was like all right i guess i'll take this so he took it back to his his shop, his antique shop, and then he had um, kind of like a woodworking shop underneath it where he would work on stuff. And he left it down there, and he thought it was just kind of like a it was like a pretty and weird box. And he planned to give it to his mom as a birthday present. And he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna like rework it and refinish it, and then I'll give it to my mom." So it was down there. And one day, and he had an assistant who worked in the shop. And one day, he left to do some errands. And left the box in the basement um, and locked. It sounded like there was kind of like you walk upstairs and there was like a gate you could close. I think it was like an old shop yeah. and lock and um, left his assistant there and said, I'll be back in a few hours. And then he got a call from her and she was freaking out and crying. Um, and they, the assistant was in the show, too. And he was like, that's just like not what she's like or anything. And she was, she said that she thought that somebody was in the shop because there were all these crashes and noises and light bulbs were exploding. And it sounded like somebody was like taking a baseball bat and just wow. like bashing things in there. And so she was like, come back. So the guy turned around and like sped back and came in. And she basically, I can't remember what he said. She said, she said like, I'm getting the F out of here or something and, and like left. And he was like, what the hell? So he, um, you know, he unlocked the gate to go back to go down into the basement and he had, they had, um, fluorescent lights, like those stick lights in the ceiling and they were all exploded on the floor. Like all the lights are messed up. There's like, there's stuff all over the place. And he was like, well, so somebody's in here, like who is in here? Because there's no way in or out of that yeah. basement. Like there's no, you know, crawl space. There's no doors. So he's looking around. There was nobody in there. And he was like, what the hell? I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I think that was just kind of where he left it. Like, I don't, I don't know what just happened to well, you. Yeah. If there's nothing that you find. There's nothing you can do about it. What are you supposed to? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the woman who worked for him never came back. She was just like, that was too freaky. I don't know what that was. I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. 
Um, I respect that decision. I do as well. So, um, you know, like you said, he was going to give his the cabinet to his mom as a birthday present. And about two weeks after he had originally gotten it, he decided to start refinishing it and stuff and reworking it. Um, he says later in his listing, and he said in the um, episode of Paran- Paranormal Witness, that he didn't connect this stuff to the cabinet. Like, he was just like, he just yeah, doesn't think about that on. stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he's yeah. just like, this is strange. So he starts to refinish the cabinet. I'll just quote it here. Um, I was surprised to find that the cabinet had a unique little mecha- has a unique little mechanism. When you open one of the doors, the mechanism causes the opposite door and the little drawer below to open at the same time. It is very well made. Inside the cabinet, I found the following items. One, one, uh, one 1928 U.S. wheat penny, a 1925 U.S. wheat penny, one small lock of, blount, of blount, blonde hair bound with string, one small lock of black or brown hair bound with string, one small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew, with Hebrew letters, and he's been told that the letters spell out the word shalom, one dried rosebud, one golden wine cup, and one very strange black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. And he was just like, huh, interesting, weird. So um, he saved all the items in the box intending to return them to the family. And um, the family refused the items. (laughs) So there will be included in the sale of the cabinet. Wow. So so his mom came to, um, okay, so his mom's birthday was October 28th. Um, That Friday, the 31st, Halloween. Mm-hmm. His mom came to his shop and they were going to go to lunch for her birthday because they didn't get to celebrate yet. So um, he showed her the box and he was like, oh, this is for your birthday. Happy birthday. Now this I found so funny. Well, some of this is funny and cute. Some of this was like horrifying. So the mom is in the special as well. She's like a really old woman. And um, she said that she liked the box. It was kind of a weird present. But what she said was that she's used to getting strange gifts. Her husband would get her a plaid coat every year. He knew I hated plaid, so I returned the coat and get something that I liked. That is an excellent detail. <laughs> it seemed like they almost do like a goofy gift thing. She was like, I'm used to getting presents that, are, that I hate and that are weird. My husband gets me a plaid coat every year. I have to return it. <laughs> I was like, I love this woman. The interviewer <laughs> so- just, okay mm-hmm oh we're still on the coat all right it was awesome i paused it and i was like <laughs> that's amazing I had to write it down real that's quick amazing um so she said that at first she liked it and thought it was kind of cool yeah and then um he had to uh go make a phone call before they left to go to lunch and he said that he was maybe away for like five minutes and then one of his em- his employees came running into the office and said something was wrong with the mom so the mom in the show described it. She, he doesn't have it described from her position in the eBay listing. It was upsetting in yeah. the show. Like, I don't know. It just seemed very sincere. So she said that she was sitting there looking at it, and it felt like it was looking back. Like, she was just staring at this thing, and it just felt – she was like, it just felt evil. And she said that um, it felt like a door – like, not literally a door hadn't opened, but she said it felt like a door had opened and cold wind was blowing out. There was just this – thing happening to the room and she said it was pure evil and she couldn't look away and she said she knew while it was happening you're not gonna want to smile a second she knew while it was happening that she was having a stroke oh she could feel it happening and she knew she was having a stroke she said my mouth contorted and my eye pocketed but she was frozen and there was nothing that she could do about it oh my 
God. So obviously, you know, she she was fine, you know, ish afterward. Um, but so, you know, the uh, I guess an employee saw what was happening and went and got her son. And he came and they, you know, called the ambulance and all that kind of stuff. And she said that she couldn't communicate at all, but she was conscious. And she said, um, the one thing I wanted to do was to impress upon him that he had to get rid of the box. She said that she just she wanted to communicate. And she was just staring at him and she couldn't do it. But she just wanted to say, like. This has to do with the box. Get rid of the box. This is not good. So then they didn't say this in the special, but he lists, he says it in the eBay listing that um, when she was in the hospital the next day and she was recovering, he asked how she was doing and she teared up and spelled out the words like, you know, by letter, no gift. Okay. And he thought that she meant that he didn't give her a, pre- a present for his birth- her birthday, right. which now seeing her, I get it. She's like a funny gal. And he was like, no, mom, I did. I did give you a gift. Like you'll see it or whatever. Or, but maybe he thought that she wasn't like responding correctly to stuff. Well, yeah, like, maybe lost her memory a little bit. Or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Maybe. Um. So, oh yeah, actually, he says I. Uh, I assured her that I had given her a gift for her birthday, thinking that she didn't remember. Um. But she became even more upset and spelled out the words "hate gift." Wow. And he laughed and told her not to worry. I'm sorry she didn't like the cabinet, and I'll get her anything she wants if she promises to get well soon. This is something that I would hate if it was in a movie. But yeah. No, no, no. What I'm what I'm about to say. Well, it's like I don't know. It's it was kind of like I wouldn't want to see a dramatic like this is a scary thing of like this woman having a stroke in a movie. No, that was very yeah. sad, and yeah. it made me feel. But I could horrible. see that being played for like this scary moment, but it's like killing you to see. <sighs> well, it. Well, there's a little bit of it that made me think of Indiana Jones Four, Indiana Jones in the in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh huh. Not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones has a staring contest with a an inanimate monkeys. <laughs> no, Something about monkeys, right? They okay. Have the same haircut. Um. Indiana Jones is staring in the eyes of a skull of an alien. Uh-huh. And it's like taking over his mind. Uh-huh. Maybe you think of that a little bit. Yeah. But I don't remember. it's real and it's sad. Yeah. No, it was sad. Like this woman was like tear like she was like crying. Oh, yeah, I could feel this happening to me as yeah. I was staring at this thing. It's horrible. horrible. Yeah. But specifically writing out hate gift. Uh-huh. This is what I would hate if it was in a movie. I immediately was like, that's it was it was chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like your Annabelle story, mm-hmm. I got chill up my spine. Yeah, it's what freaky. You were just saying. Yeah, uh, but also it's like it was a gift of hate in a weird way. Oh, you know what I mean, like, yeah, I'd hate that. If, like that sounds like like a it is. Yeah, it is. But movie, like, but yeah, like, in a way, because it's like some sort of evil is attached to this yeah. thing. So it's a hate gift, yeah, not exactly. just hate gift. Yeah, because she was just trying to be like, I hate it. Get rid of it. Get rid of. Get this yeah, away. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah. If that were in a movie, it feels like in... Yeah. You'd be like, oh my God, it wasn't that she hated the gift. It's a hate gift. It's a gift of hate. Yeah, as if that's yeah, like a yeah, real yeah. thing you can get. It's a hate gift. Like uh, Will Benson in uh, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh-huh. When uh, the killer's name is Ben. Oh, and God. then they find out yeah, that yeah, Will yeah. Benson is the killer. And he goes, you still don't get it, do you? Will Benson... Ben's son. I love that. And he says it with this look on his face like, it's been staring you in the face the whole time. Except nobody talks like that, so. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of my face. Um, so he said, still, I didn't associate anything that had happened with the cabinet itself or anything paranormal. Frankly, I don't think I ever even used the term paranormal until this last month. So then basically he said that he... um. He gave the cabinet to his sister because his mom didn't want it. <laughs> Perfect. You get yeah. it out of the family. Yeah. Because uh, I guess he was like, I sold this cool cabinet. Mom doesn't want it. She hates the gift. I'll give it yeah. to you. 
Um, and she complained that the she couldn't get the doors to close and they kept coming open. And so she didn't want it. Okay. Um, then and he said it's weird because there are no springs in the door mechanism that would make it just like pop open and not stay closed. It should just stay closed. <laughs> That's a weird detail. I'd be like, so why don't you try to fix it or like yeah. I don't know. Why why are you giving it back to me? Like yeah, if I, I gave know. you something, you're like, oh, I don't like it. It doesn't say shut. So uh yeah. you take it again. Yeah. Like, no, I get now it is your problem. Yeah, right. I gave it to right? you. Right? Like it is your problem now. It doesn't always belong to me. And if you don't like it, it's back to me. It, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, no, he's a woodworker, though. That makes sense to me. I had turkey for lunch. <laughs> no, that makes sense. His whole job is refinishing things. Yes. If if you gave me, I can't. There's no analogy that works in our lives, but like, if you were a woodworker, if I wrote you and a you were, story, and you didn't, like I don't it. like the ending. Fix it. No, but like, if you, if you, if you're a woodworker, you're like, oh, I have this cabinet. Mom didn't like it here. Yeah. And I'm like, this thing doesn't work. Can you fix it? That makes sense to me. All right, um, all right. Okay. So, um, and then he says he gave it to his brother and his wife who kept it for three days and then gave it back. Um, and his brother said that it smelled like jasmine flowers while his wife insisted that it's, uh, it put out an odor of cat urine. <laughs> You're just like, I don't know what's up with this thing. What's wrong with the brother? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have anything to do with the cabinets. That's He's like, like it smells so good. You know, like a cat's litter box. Yeah. Um, so then the guy. Mm. <laughs> Smell it Based all on those like scented cat litter things. <laughs> um, so then the guy, the original owner guy, gave it to his girlfriend, who was like, "I don't want this," or tried to give it to her or something. Or I guess she did take it home because it comes up. And she was like, "I don't want this. Just sell it to somebody." Like enough with this cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sold it to somebody in the antique shop, and then he came into work two days later, and the cabinet was sitting at the front doors with a note that read, "This has a bad darkness." <laughs> Huh. And he was like, what the hell? All right, fine. I'll take it home. So he took it home and he put it in this like shed in the back or something. That was just like a storage thing. Smash it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would like, I don't care about that thing anymore. So, that's like, we've reached an absurd level of back and forth. Yeah, completely. It's ridiculous. I'm not keeping this thing. No, I don't need this. Just donate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after he brought it home, he started having recurring ni- nightmares. They were very much like a hag nightmare kind of thing. He says that he dreamed about a hag like beating the tar out of him in his dream. Um, it, sa- it sounded like a very scary dream. And then um, his sister, he had like a a bunch of people, like a family staying at his house or something. His sister, his brother, and the brother's wife all stayed over. And um, his sister complained that she had a horrible nightmare. And she said that uh, she'd had it a couple of times before and then described like exactly his hag kind of nightmares. Huh. And he was like, what the hell? Um, he said that his brother and his wife were frozen during that story, and they were like, "We've had that dream too." Wow. Um, no, it was they had that dream last night as well. And he said that the hair was standing on the back of his neck because he had been having this dream for like a long time now, like weeks or something. Um, and as they talked, it became clear that the common denominator between their dreams is that the cabinet was around. So then he called his girlfriend because she was the other owner of the cabinet and asked her if she had had any nightmares recently. And then she described basically the same dream. And he asked her, like, do you know when you had that nightmare? And he was and she was like, I don't know. June 3rd. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know. And he was like, uh could it be the night before you gave me the cabinet back? And she was like, yeah, how'd you know that? And he's like, Bleh. so, um, basically <laughs> he started, he was like, there's something wrong with this cabinet. And in a short period of time, he started seeing shadow people, um, like weird stuff started having the smoke alarm started going off. He kept getting hit with the smell of cat urine, all kinds of crap. So then he, we, uh, it's a shame that other guy would have been loving it. <laughs> 
He's like, smells beautiful in Hit here. Hit me again, Dibbick. Jasmine? Dibic. Um, so Princess he, Jasmine? Yeah. So, oh, but... He, so he went outside, he grabbed the cabinet, the cabinet, and he started trying to research on, on the internet using what was in the cabinet, what was written on it. So he's using it as a reference while he's researching. Yeah. And then finally he went to sleep. And when he woke up around 4.30 a.m., the house smelled like jasmine flowers. And he was like, what the hell? This is very weird. So he says, I would destroy this thing in a second, except I really don't have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. Yeah. I'm afraid, and I do mean afraid, that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it is that seems to be, have come with the cabinet may just stay here with me. I've been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these kinds of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you're one of these people, please buy this cabinet and do whatever you do with a thing like this. Help me. You can see I have no reserve price or minimum bid. If I can make things any easier let me know and i will do everything within my abilities that's awesome yeah so then this kid bought it it was like a college kid yeah who was just sort of into this sort of stuff and he lived in a house with six roommates do you know how much he sold it for what did he sell it for 140 wow yeah because there were some bids on it oh yeah, yeah so in the in the show he was like I'm seeing the number of watchers. It's like 75,000. It's moving up. Like, I couldn't believe how many people are interested in this stuff. Like, there is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of interest in things like these on eBay. And I was shocked. It was just like a world I didn't know anything about. Yeah. So this kid bought it. Haunted down here. Yeah, I know. Seriously. (laughs) So this kid bought it. Um, He did a little bit more research into it. And um, he said the, oh, and so I'm reading now from the kids listing of reselling the Dybbuk box. So he's giving a little bit of backstory. He says he bought it out of curiosity and he set up a website to answer some questions about the Dybbuk box um, because this kid was like a blogger. And this was in September, 2003. Um, And he was blogging about his experiences with the Dybbuk box as it was going on, which plays into it. Um, and he said that he stopped updating it after a while, and um, he hasn't updated it since because he doesn't want to talk about it with anybody anymore. So um, he says that if you believe in paranormal phenomena, the box contains or is possessed by at least one Dybbuk, possibly two, because as the grandmother stated, which I didn't say, um, the granddaughter had said that something about, what did she say? She had said it's a Dybbuk, she called it a Dybbuk or a Keslam. And a Keslam is a term similar to a Turkish word that means priest. This would probably correspond to the pair of wrapped strands of blonde and or black hair. So maybe it's like it's somehow possess- possessed or whatever by a dibic, which is that kind of disembodied spirit and maybe the spirit of a priest. So light and dark. Exactly. So that's the hair thing. That's crazy. Yes. Um, so the, the kid says that he was interested in it because he thinks it's cool, but he was kind of doubtful of it. And he kind yeah. of thought having a blog of owning this haunted thing would be kind of fun. Yeah. But a bunch of weird stuff started happening. Um, um, two people who live in his house started complaining of their eyes like burning like crazy. And he said one of them, like they were beyond bloodshot. The guy looks like he had like bloody eyes, one uh. of his roommates. Um, and that he was just, one of them was just totally listless and totally deplete of energy. These two guys were affected the most and another became spontaneously sick. But then also he, where these are written. So has, a house full of college kids, they had, they had pink eyes and they wouldn't get off the couch. No, here's the thing. So he's like, these weird things all happen. They could be coincidence. So on these, things that he's saying are like you know weird events then in brackets it'll be like it could be allergies um then being like you know whatever gotta <laughs> yeah. take more of my medication i'm allergic to that dank stuff the only thing that yeah. would heal my ill is more hacky sack <laughs> see you on the quad bro <laughs> 
Um, then a few days after those little things started happening, the air outside the house was filled with small bugs for several hours and then crawled all over the Dybbuk box and the wall by the Dybbuk box. Oh. It was freaky in the show. That was one of the parts where I was like, yeah. um, and he says weird summer stuff in, in brackets. Like, it's just like summer mates, like gross bugs. Um, <laughs> I you were saying it was like the Dybbuk box was labeled like weird summer stuff. Like I kept my SPF 30 in there. <laughs> Um, and then just like tons of weird bad luck. It's actually really funny. Some of this stuff. Um, they got caught with a tidal wave of bad luck. Strange odors now permeate the house. Oh, a bunch of frat boys have a stinky house. You don't say. Well, they weren't frat boys. They sound like nerds, like sweet nerds. Um, <laughs> the dumpster out black. Uh, the dumpster out back overflows with trash and decay. <laughs> um, one roommate suddenly got bronchitis, and I broke a finger. Several mice have died in the engine of one car, and more electronic devices seem to be dying every day. Xbox, toaster, TVs, and watches. So in the show, he was saying like all their all of their um, electronics. electronics were just like busted. Lights kept going out. Light bulbs were exploding. They're like, what the hell? Um, so he started to be like, something's up here. I don't like it. Um, but he was kind of suspending disbelief and he was like, it's all weird for sure, but nothing that's that harmful or scary. Nothing that's impossible. Exactly. Yeah. But then here is why he doesn't want the box anymore because stuff happened to him. So, um, he said that around October 6th, he started feeling bad with trouble sleeping. The problem has pers persisted through today. He lives alone now, which he doesn't explain. That just makes it sound like, who knows, the roommates moved out, you yeah. could wonder, because of these things. Um, and as of late, he's noticed he's report he's replacing a lot of burnt light bulbs and getting weird car repairs, like constantly. I've started seeing things, sort of like large vertical dark blurs in my peripheral vision. I smell something like juniper bushes or stingy ammonia in my garage often, and I have no idea what from. Most disturbingly, last Tuesday, and he gives the date, my hair began to fall out. Today, Friday, it's about half gone. I'm in my early 20s, and I just got a clean blood test back from the doctors. Maybe it's stress-related. I don't know. Anyhow, for personal reasons, I very strongly do not want this box anymore. I hope there's someone on eBay that will take this thing off my hands. I would just throw it away in the woods or something, but I know there's been some interest in it in the past. So he puts it up on eBay, and there are people bidding. He put it uh, – I don't remember what it started at. But people are bidding, and this guy who is um, the director of a museum of osteopathic medicine in Missouri oh. who had been following this kid's blog – um, documenting his experience with the Dybbuk box, saw that the kid put it up for auction and was because maybe he maybe had updated his blog one more time. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, I'm put, and he really wanted it. He thought it was really interesting, but he was very the guys in the show. He was like, I thought I could study it. Um, he's some sort of like, I don't know if he's a doctor or a scientist or something, but he's like, he's like a legit like guy. He had like a lab and stuff. Okay. He was like, um, I want to study it, open it, look at it, see what's up with it, whatever. So he wanted it so badly that the price was crawling up um, on the auction. He was like, I just want this thing. So then like when it was getting toward the end of the auction, he was like, well, this guy originally paid 144. I'm just going to double that. Like I'm willing to just double it. So he bought it for 280 bucks. Wow. So he gets the Divic box and he did start studying it and things like that. And, um, the thing that stood out to him or is standing out to me maybe from the TV show is that he detected using a black light that there was wax on the outside of it, like as though it had been dripped on it. Like not actual wax you could see, but I guess doing whatever. You could see residue. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he was like, so maybe that's from some sort of ritual or something. Who knows? And um, then he started having a lot of the same problems that they had before, um, but it was a little bit more physical. He started getting hives all the time. He was coughing up blood and he had head to toe welts. Um, and so he 
having known now the history of it, even though he thought it was crazy, um, a lot of people in his lab started being like feeling sick and things like that. And they were like, get rid of this thing. I don't want this in here. Everybody feels like crap. There are weird things around it. You need to get it out of here or else we don't want to be here when this box is here. So he also brought it home and he he took it a little bit more seriously now, even though he was like skeptical and he was like, all right, maybe there's something up with this thing. All this weird yeah. crap is happening. So he took it to like a shedder garage or something and put it away. And then when his wife was washing his clothes that he had been wearing when he when he went to put it away, she touched his jeans. She was putting them in the laundry. She got these crazy welts all over her arm. And she went to show him and he said that it was like nothing he'd ever, like he didn't recognize that. He said it looked like blisters but instead of like sorry guys disgusting instead of like them seeping like pus there was like blood coming out of them Uh, and he was like i don't know and she was like did you did you touch poison ivy with your jeans or something like what the hell's going on here and he was just like "Ah, there's something up with this box so here's what brings the story kind of full circle and starts to wrap it up so um he contacted the original owner the guy kevin who bought it from the woman and he was like I didn't think there was anything with the box. I thought this was going to be an interesting thing to have. There's something weird with the box. Can you find out any more history about it? Because I want to get in touch with a rabbi, do whatever I need to do to like end this kind of thing and move on. But maybe you can get me some information from the people that you bought it from. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy, Kevin um, went to the house that he bought it from and the granddaughter answered the door and he was like, Hey, you bought the box or whatever. Or I bought the box and she was just kind of like, eh, no, like you bought it. Like, why are you Won't here even or whatever? Talk about it. Uh, kind, if I remember correctly, kind of. But then this older woman comes next to her at the door and she's like, I'll tell you about the Divic box. So it was an older woman named Sophie who was the grandmother's cousin. And she said that when they were in Spain, her grandmother, her grandmother. <laughs> This is sweet. So she said that when they were in Spain, after they escaped from the concentration camps, that they lived together and that um, uh, that the grandma had made a spirit cloth, which was basically, it's almost like the setup of a Ouija board, but on a piece of cloth. So it was like a tablecloth that had like the yes, the no, yeah. the letters and the numbers. And they used a pendulum over it. To, yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and they use a pendulum over it to like contact and whatever. And they felt like they contacted something evil and bad. And then they had done something to seal it inside the wine cabinet. Wow. And that was why the grandma said never open the box or whatever. Aha. Uh-huh. Because they sealed this thing. And she wanted to be buried with it so that it could never exactly. be opened. Exactly. So then Kevin told the doctor guy that that's what happened. The doctor guy contacted a rabbi. Um, They did some sort of something, but still in that doctor guy's property. It was still like on, you know, in his shed or whatever and sealed it. And then things seemed to get better. And the doctor guy in the, in the TV show was like, you know, I, you know, nothing bad has happened, but like, I think about it all the time because what happens when I die? Like, how do I make sure that nobody opens this again? Like, how do I make sure that whatever? So, and then it ends there. I'll take the box. <laughs> it's me, Zach Bagans. You may know me <laughs> yeah. from television. I got possessed in a demon house. So then enter Bagans. For real? Yeah. All right. And I just found that online. Like that wasn't part of the show or anything at that point. Actually in the, in the show, the guy was like, I wouldn't sell it to anybody. I wouldn't do anything. And then I found conflicting, uh, conflicting information. 
One thing I read said that the guy donated it to Zach Bagans. And I'm actually inclined to believe this. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of detail, but it said that that owner just gave it to Zach Bagans. And then it seemed like the sites that I found where it talked about buying, it just was kind of like a throwaway site where it's like, Zach Bagans bought the Dybbuk box, but didn't seem to be going into the history of things. So I'm actually inclined to believe that they would just assume that if he got it, he must have bought it. Yeah. Um, I think that it's not impossible, although who the hell knows, but I think it's not impossible based on this guy's attitude from the show that he would be like, I don't even want any weirdness attached to this. Just take it. So or if Zach Bagans was like, I can ensure that no one will ever open the <laughs> right exactly the bagel box. Nobody will fall to harm or whatever. Um, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So this says he donated it, and yeah, that used to be eighteen and sign a waiver. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. I know, it's oh, so crazy. And and I've never heard of that. Me neither. I'd never, never heard of it either. There's a Sam Raimi movie about this loosely called the possession do you know about that no it's it doesn't look good i watched the trailer today it's with um oh god i always get them mixed up hang on jeffrey dean morgan not harry dean stanton okay it's with jeffrey dean morgan and it's it's like loosely based on the dick box kind of thing it is buying a box at like a garage sale or something that is possessed and stuff yeah but beyond that it doesn't seem to really be that similar yeah. and i think it is called the divic box in the garage sale yeah uh clyde and stephanie buy a wooden box from a yard sale sale and they see little cause for alarm right the next word is however so i bet it gets scary from yeah. there and it's all about the daughter the daughter is like attached to the box and does like bad things to her or, or like you know she starts to be possessed or something yeah it seems like sam raimi maybe produced it yeah not directed, which makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't, it didn't look good. Yeah. Like there was a scene where like they brought her to get an x ray or something. And like I couldn't even tell what I was looking at. They're like, oh, I think it was that there was like a face in her, in her chest or something. There's like a maybe. Face on her skull. Cause then like there's a scary part where it's like all quiet, like toward the end of the trailer where like she's like looking in a mirror at her, like the inside of her mouth and like a hand starts to crawl out. That rings a bell. Yeah. It doesn't, it didn't look yeah. good. Uh, um, all right. So yeah, so that's the thing. And uh, James Wan is in it briefly. He plays a rabbi. Oh, <laughs> I know. That's funny. <laughs> he's in the he's in the trailer. I was like, is that James Wan? Yeah, it does sound like something that would be in The Conjuring. So yeah, that, yeah, it's a Lionsgate. It's kind of funny. It's a Lionsgate. That was that was excellent, Kristen. Thank you. That was wonderful. Look, don't thank me. Thank the Dybbuk box. Do you believe in this this Dybbuk box? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Would Sim- you sign similar... the to see it? Yeah. It sounds. Way worse than a Ouija board to me. I wouldn't want to like play with it or anything, would but I would it? see it. <laughs> yeah. I will let one person Honestly, open the Dybbuk box. The, the Zach Bagans of it all makes it a little bit less scary to me. Like, I feel like if there was some sort of like paranormal museum that I felt had credence to it, right. that had the Dybbuk box with an 18 plus waiver, I think I would skip it. Yeah. I think I'd look in the door from mm. afar. Yeah. But Zach Bagans with his Michael Jackson death paraphernalia in the same museum takes away some of the sting in a way it is funny that it does the opposite of what he wants it to do it makes it less you know scary I bet, to me that he owns it but i bet he makes a butt ton of money he probably doesn't care you yeah, know what i mean does. i bet he does so it makes me just want to be like like look it's bagan's world we're all just living in it yeah it's true Kristen. this little pistol yeah this is what jack ruby used <laughs> to kill Lee Harvey Oswald, and I oh put a my. ghost in it. Oh my God. Well, you know, Hear William, that? according to. Woo! I know it's loaded. Oh, it's loaded. It's a one hitter, huh? It's all a nerf gun. <laughs> yeah. It only fires one dart at a time. Well, interesting, William. 
the lore of the Dybbuk box and lore of a billion other things runs counter to what we learned from Ed and Lorraine Warren, where they say that an item can't actually be possessed. It right. can only be a spirit of something manipulating the item. True. Which could be the case. Who but knows? I wonder if it's not like the box isn't Right, maybe it's just it a tat. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. And why would right. opening it not let it out? It's like it's contained in the object, not literally contained in like a box. You know what I mean? Because it sounds like plenty of people. Maybe it's like you it. can let it out, but they're on kind of like a leash. Yeah. They can't go they're places without the... They're magically confined Yeah, exactly. Box, not literally you close the door and it's trapped in there. Right. They're just like, right. yeah. But it sounds like opening it is bad news. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that totally. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Right. Everybody. All right. Hello, everybody. It happened again. That's right. We've done it again. Mm-hmm. And there you go. That's the original story of the Dybbuk box as we covered it back in Guide to the Unknown, episode 25. This is two years ago. It's insane. Anyway, thank you all so much for hanging out with me. I'm really excited to talk about the new things that we're learning about the Dybbuk box this week. But uh, come back for more on that this Friday as Guide to the Unknown presents our new information. If you want to join us as we record that episode live, then go to youtube.com slash talkbomb this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and you can watch as we record the show for the first time and chat back with us. Every link you could possibly need, you can find at gttupod.com. So, see you next time, and until then, we have kind of traveled back to the netherworld. Go I. Go me. Back to the netherworld, go me, would be way better. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.